up, FBC? <laughs> I just want to say that. <laughs> thanks, Rich. Thanks, Hefe, wherever you are. Um, there you are. Thanks, Irv. Thanks, Matt, for letting me get up here and talk about myself for a little bit. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to start out with my testimony, and then I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about my life this past year and uh, just the growth that I have in my walk with Christ just this past year. And um, yeah, just to start out, I was raised um, with awesome supportive parents. Um, we didn't go to church. If we did, it was on Easter or Christmas or something like that. Um, besides that, they were really awesome and supportive. My mom is one of the best moms ever, um, for sure. And uh, yeah, just growing up, I was a good kid by, worldly, by the worldly standards. Um, but in third grade, I started skateboarding, which is a big, big influence in my life, the culture of skateboarding. Uh, we, we meaning skateboarders, uh, sorry, speaking for all of us, if there's any other ones here. Uh, I don't think so, but anyways, um, in that culture, it's, it's real easy, just like any other culture, to get involved in drugs and alcohol. Um, more so in the skateboarding culture because we don't have a coach or an adult on the sideline telling us, hey, don't do that. We're just in the streets or we're in the skate park. And uh, if, we want, if they want to drink or smoke, they can. But um, by God's grace, I never touched any drugs. I never have drank. Um, I've never done that because I've seen what it does to families. I've seen how it's ended lives, seen how it's ended friendships. And, um, and that's why I have such a, such a heart for the New Beginnings ministry. A year ago, Thomas stood up here and to told us all about it. And I was like, I'm down for it. Um, Tuesdays, they go to the jail at noon and just talk to a bunch of inmates and share the love of Christ with them. And, um, but the fact that I didn't do drugs or, or drank or anything, it, it, it was rough for me when I heard the gospel because I thought, I've been good my whole life. Uh, I believe in I believe in God. Yeah, so I'm good, right? Um, which is wrong. And um, if you're here tonight, it's the first time you heard that. Um, I'm glad you're here because um, yeah, your good works can't get you to heaven. And um, believing in God is good. That's a start, but uh, that's not going to get you there either. Um, I hope that doesn't make you mad or anything. If so. Um, Take it out on God because uh, the Bible says so. And uh, Romans 3.10, it says none are righteous. Um, that includes me. That includes little Alex Brown. That includes Kale. That's all of us. None of us, none of us, are, none of us are righteous. And uh, in Romans 3.23, it also says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short. And uh, once that hit me um, in the well, when I started going to the well, I was like, wow, all of us. That's me. Um, and the wages of sin is death, guys. We've all, we've all sinned, and the wages of sin is death. That's what Romans 6.23 says. But the good news is uh, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And um, once, that, once that finally sunk into my head after Irv hit me with the gospel about 17 times in the well, I was like, wow, I, I got to give my life to the Lord. And uh, I did on June 21st, 2011, um, after... Let me rewind a little bit. Uh, I ran into this girl senior year. I knew her from middle school all the way through high school. We didn't say a word to each other until senior year. Um, and she started asking me if I was saved. And I changed the subject to 
let's go skateboard. Um, that was easy for me to do because I was good at it because um, I wasn't safe. Uh, and we, we, we were going to the Kent branch together and every time we saw Nick Roth, I don't even know if Nick Roth is here, but he's awesome. I'm sure his parents are here. Every time we saw him, he'd come to the well, come to the well. I mean, he could be on like the second floor, leaning over the balcony edge and just yelling down, come to the well, come to the well. So we finally came to the well. And um, yeah, after Irv presented the gospel so clearly so many times, I finally gave my life to the Lord on June 21st, 2011. And um, fast forward to now, um, I was baptized a few months after I was saved. Uh, I went through discipleship with Irv and now I'm in my second year of MTT. But yeah, that, that Courtney chick I was talking about who, uh, who asked me if I was saved, I ended up marrying her because she's cool. <laughs> and I'm pretty cool too. Um, yeah, we, we've been married for about two and a half years now. We have an eight month old named Cato, and he's cooler than both of us. Um, but yeah, this, this year um, has really been an awesome year in my life uh, with my got getting so much closer with Christ. Um, about a year and a half ago, Kale approached us as we were thinking about entering the family life, uh, life group, um, because Courtney's dream is to be a stay-at-home mom, and now that dream is true, that dream has come true, thankfully, by the grace of God, and um, we're about to go into family life, and Kale's like, hey, do you want to go into extreme? And I was like, middle schoolers are awkward, but... <laughs> I love them because that's such a such a good age group just to get them established in God and His truth and a real relationship with Christ. Because I know when I was when I was in middle school, when I first started getting some independence, I ran with it and I glorified myself because I thought I was good at skateboarding because everybody was telling me that, and I gave no glory to God, nothing whatsoever. So if I can help any middle schooler. Um, be a light to this lost world and um, just really give God all the glory that he deserves and that's what I'd love to do and uh, Kale let us come in and Kale just being underneath your leadership is awesome just seeing the way you just hey what come on you're the man dude for real um, it's been awesome to see you take over that ministry and do awesome things with it but yeah also this year uh, Irv and I were winding down discipleship and I started discipling a guy named Jesse. He's here somewhere. Um, anyways, him, I met him through Vinny. Uh, Vinny and I, what's up, Vinny? Uh, Vinny and I go back a little bit. Um, you'll get to hear a story. But as, as I was discipling Jesse, Vinny, Jesse, and I were talking about just going out and evangelizing um, because I also took a class in MTT, which if you haven't signed up for MTT, you should. Um, because it's awesome. There's a class called Practical Evangelism, and you read a book called uh, One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven, and it's, it's an amazing book, and it's really convicting. Um, and after reading that book, I was like, we got to go evangelize. So every Saturday for the past few months, we've gone out and just went to the mall, went to Walmart, because that's where people hang out in Philly. And, uh, and we do this. We, we tell them about Jesus. We tell them how he changed our lives. We tell them how uh, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and there's no way to the Father but by him. Um, some of them take it all right. Some of them not so all right. 
but we do it anyway, so we're gonna continue doing it. And I'm hyped for Black Friday because there's gonna be a lot of people howling. <laughs> and it's gonna be awesome. But uh, a lot of stories from the last few months of evangelism, the one that sticks out the most is the Circle K one. I don't know if you're gonna tell a story, Vinny, I'm sorry if you were, but um, the first spot we went to was Circle K because Vinny, as a pastor, you'll hear about and he knows that bad stuff happens there. Um, we go there. We, we evangelized this one guy from the, he was here working on the oil fields. He was an awesome guy. We didn't have any tracks back then, so we were just, I was just writing verses on a piece of paper for him, gave him my phone number, gave him all his stuff. He was really receptive. Um, Jesse or someone went inside to evangelize to the clerk. She kicked him out. <laughs> and then she came out to smoke a cigarette with all of us there, so she was just asking to be evangelized to again. <laughs> so we all walk over to her. And, she didn't like that. Um, but at the same time, we're trying to evangelize to her. The most obvious drug deal happens in the parking lot. Um, and she calls the drug dealer by name, waves to him. They peel out. She goes in and tells her manager, and then we get kicked out. And then I hear that it's in the police log the next day that we were there evangelizing. And she acknowledged the drug deal, and we got kicked out. But that's, but that's just the world. And, um, and I, was telling, I was telling Irv about that, and just so happened we were going through... Uh, the lost, the lost world um, section in discipleship, and um, we ran into Second Corinthians four, three and four. If you have your Bible, you can flip there. If not, I'm going to read it anyways. Um, and it says, "But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, Satan, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them." It says, Satan fears that the light of the glorious gospel of Christ is going to shine on them. I read that and I was like, Satan doesn't like it, I'm doing it. Um, from that point on, it's just been, we haven't looked back. We've, we go every Saturday and it's awesome. And I thank you, Chris, wherever you are for these, because these FBC tracks, once the, once the conversation breaks down, we, we hand them this. Um, Tell them what church we belong to, but tell them the most important information is inside on how um, you can enter into a relationship with Christ. And um, yeah, that's, that's really this past year in my life in a, in a short rap. But uh, one thing that really hit me hard most lately was during the missions conference when uh, Chris Gardner talked about Romans 2.1 and how that's, this is just our reasonable service to go out and evangelize and tell people that Christ changed our life. And he wants you to surrender your life to him. And um, I was just blown away. I was like, man, I've read this a million times, and it never hit me like that. Um, and it was awesome. And I was last time I was able to teach in extreme, I shared this little metaphor. Um, if you guys don't know who LeBron James is, you probably sleep underneath of a rock somewhere. <laughs> but um, he signed a two-year contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, and, I, and I compare that to our eternal contract with Jesus Christ. When we surrender our life to him, um, we sign a contract forever. Um, when LeBron James plays the Los Angeles Lakers on January 15th of this year, he, he knows that Kobe's the second best player all time in the NBA. He knows that. Uh, so it might be rough for him to play against Kobe. He might be scared, but he can't, he can't play for Miami that night um, just because Kobe's going to school him. Um, so when it gets rough for him, he, he has to be a Cle Cleveland Cavalier. When it gets rough for us, we still have to be a Christian. Um, whether that means 
at our, where we work, whether that is when we go to school, we still have to be a Christian and be a witness. Uh, if that means going overseas, then we have to do it because Christ wants us to. And we sign that contract that we have to do that. Um, that's all. Thank you.
At that point, I asked my husband to move out for one week. I didn't know what to do the week after that or the week after that. I just knew that would get me through that week. But before he did that, we had to tell our girls. They had no idea what we'd been dealing with for the last six years. And um, I can still hear their sobs and their screams. And I remember thinking that this was the worst night of my life. And God has used another verse to keep me going through some of the darkest times. And that is Psalm 3:5. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. I tried so hard to look up, but it sure wasn't easy. I had to sell my house. I had to find a full-time job. I had to find an apartment we could afford. And I was so, so frightened. These were huge, huge changes. But God provided every one of those to be done. And in 2 Chronicles 20, 15, God told the Israelites, Be not afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, it's God's. It was his battle, and when I wasn't in the way, he would fight it for me. I had so much change in such a short time that God had to keep picking me up off the ground. And I had a hard time looking up. But he had to do it again when I got hit with another blow. I woke up one Saturday morning and I looked at the newspaper online and there was a whole story about my husband. And I looked at other newspapers in Northeast Ohio and it was in every one of them. And uh, one of my relatives told me that it was on the Cleveland News on TV. I mean, words cannot describe to you how devastated I was. I was humiliated and embarrassed. It's one thing to fight this battle privately, but now it's very, very public, and I lost it. I called a friend of mine, and I was literally screaming at the top of my lungs. This was too much. This was way too much. And she came right over, and she called all my friends, and they came over, and they let me scream, and they let me cry, and they let me say whatever I needed to say. And I remember trying to get rid of them, <laughs> but they wouldn't leave because they knew my life was on the line that day, and they saved my life that day, and I'm so thankful for that. And I thought, okay, Lord, this is the worst night of my life. So now I'm at a point where I've started a new job, I'm living in a new place, and I'm on autopilot. My daughter Stacy and her boyfriend, now husband, Chris, got engaged, and they're planning their wedding. And I had some decisions to make, and again, I didn't know what to do. Everyone kept telling me that I needed to get a divorce, and I kept asking God to show me what to do, and he took me right back to Second Chronicles. And in verse 17, it says, Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself. Stand ye still. And I thought that was interesting that God would tell us to stand still. Because when you think about it, what's the opposite of standing still? It's laying down and giving up. So I told God through his grace, I would stand still and wait for his answer. And I hadn't spoken to my husband in a few weeks when he called me. And he told me that he had accepted a plea bargain with the charges. 
and that he would be going to prison and that he would be a registered offender after that. Now, I do want you to know that was the worst night of my life because I had to sit my girls down and tell them that their dad was going to prison. But I also knew that God was telling me, he was giving me his permission to divorce him and I didn't take that decision lightly. A few months later, I watched Stacy walk down the aisle without her dad and life would never be the same. So that was eight years ago. And you know what? Life is hard. I know that if I ask everyone in this room to raise your hand if you're going through something difficult, everyone would raise their hand. And I also know what it's like to be broken. A friend of mine once described it as being put through a paper shredder over and over and over again until you can't even recognize the pieces anymore. I don't stand up here because it's easy. Obviously, just telling this story is difficult. But I do have a message. And I've spoken to enough people, and I've read enough statistics to know that this addiction is everywhere, including the church. So if this is something that you're involved in, I have one thing to say to you. Run from it. Run fast and run far. This is a perverse culture, but you're making choices that can cost you everything. Sin destroys lives and Satan is seeking who he can devour. And this addiction is a slow, slow process. And you don't even know when Satan has you in his teeth. I've watched it. Please don't think it can't happen to you. It will destroy you and those you love. And I'm begging you that you do not let this be your story. So you may be sitting there thinking, why did they have this lady talk at the Thanksgiving service? Uh, did she miss the memo that this is supposed to be a time of thanks? Um, well, you know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful that my story isn't over yet. In many ways, my story's just starting. And it's important that you know that no matter what you're going through, when you know Christ, you are never, ever alone. God defeated his enemies in 2 Chronicles 20. And verse 29 says, And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. If you know Christ, you not only have a savior, you have a warrior, and you have a healer. Isaiah 61.3 tells us what he specializes in, making beauty from ashes. No matter how deep the wound, Christ is the healer of all hurts. I'm living proof of that. Look at what God has done for me. I have two amazing daughters. I don't know if Stacy's in this room or if she's up watching kids. And My other daughter, Kaylee, lives out of state, but please know how proud I am of you. I just need you to know that. I'm so proud of you. I have two awesome sons-in-laws, three gorgeous grandchildren, just ask me, I'll tell you, <laughs> a church family I love, a job I love, and too many other blessings to count. Of course, I still have struggles, who doesn't? But every morning when the sun rises, it's a reminder to me and to you that Christ rose from the grave and there isn't anything or any pain 
that he can't overcome. So when life gets tough, I hope you'll remember three words that will help you when you're screaming and crying. I don't know what to do. Keep looking up. SBC. <laughs> it's awesome to see all your faces. It really is. And it's been a pleasure to serve with, I'm going to get this out of the way. It's been a pleasure to serve with all of you. It really has. And, um, you know, it's, it's even more awesome to see all the new people's faces in this room. And um, it, I, I'm serious and I'm sincere when I say that you guys are the most important people in this room. And that's the truth. And, um, you know, my respects go out to the pastors that they do and, and Wayne because it takes a man to come up here. It really does. And I'm a girl. I, I'm, I'm a little girl. And, and you guys are looking at me, and my heart is racing. I haven't practiced for this. Uh, I feel like Shaq at the foul line, honestly. I really do. <laughs> but seriously, God has been good to me this year, man. God has been real good to me. And um, my, my story starts in Dover, Ohio. I was born uh, May 4th, 1994. And, um, you know, growing up, I had a lot of love. You know, my mom loved me, and um, but we didn't have a lot of money, and, and I didn't have a father. But I didn't let that hinder me, not one bit. I still, um, you know, I did what I wanted to do, and that was be better than you at what I did, honestly. I always had something to prove, and um, I always had this, like, hole that, that I had to fill. And um, I, I filled that with athletics at first. Um, the Lord blessed me. He, he gave me, you know, brain, and I was academically, you know, talented. I, I was good on the football field. And um, I, I was good wrestling. I always had the most pins, and I was good at track. And that, that, that sufficed for a little bit. You know, that sufficed. And um, going through high school, I, I did well. I, I had fun, and I was a good kid. Honestly, I had a bright future. By the time I was a freshman, I was looking at what college I wanted to go to and, and what sport that I wanted to play there. So I had options, and, and the Lord really blessed me. But, um, you know, my flesh started to get a hold of me by the time I was a, a freshman in high school. And, um, you know, Satan kind of sneaked in in the form of drugs, and um, yeah, it, it was scary from that point on. Um, and it started little, and I talked to, you know, the young guys, 180 and Extreme in the well. Um, you know, the decisions that you make now will affect you for the rest of your life. They really will, because the decisions I, just, I decided to make when I was a teenager, you know, I have to battle with my drug addiction every day, you know, because I decided that I wanted to smoke pot when I was young, or I wanted to drink when I was young, you know, and the effect that a can, like the sound of a can opening that has on me is, is different than it is on a lot of people. And, um, you know, it stinks, but, but God has been good to me. And, um, yeah, so, so after that, after I started out just small, just smoking pot, and, and your flesh is never satisfied. Dude, I've seen a 24-year-old kid this year with a lot of talent, a lot of abilities, die from a heroin overdose, you know, and... And that's true life, man. He, he, didn't, he didn't want that to happen to him, you know, but he, he was never satisfied. And, and that's what happened to me, you know. I started out just drinking a little bit, and it, it just, my disease just declined, declined, declined. And the next thing I knew, I was, I was 19 years old. Uh, I was out of school. I, I didn't have a diploma. You know, I've been selling narcotics for the past five years. And you know, three and a half of those five years I spent in jail, you know, at, at 20 years old. You know, I spent three and a half years of my life in jail. That's crazy, you know? And, um, yeah, it, it, and your flesh is just never satisfied. My flesh was just not satisfied. And 
but this is when it gets good. You know, God really has been good to me this year. And so I woke up one evening, and it was just a crazy night, and I was in a hospital bed, and my mom was surrounding me, and they were telling me, you know, you overdosed on drugs, um, you broke into the Dover chemical plant, um, you have vandalism charges, and you have an assault on a police officer charge. And um, of course, I, I didn't really recollect any of that stuff. And um, so, so I went to jail, and that wasn't nothing new to me, you know, honestly it wasn't. And, um, but that, means, that meant I had felonies this time, and that was something that, that was new to me. And I went to jail, I bailed myself out, and they put me on something called drug court, which is just something to you know, help someone with their disease. And while I was, I was in drug court, I failed a drug test, and I knew that you know, they were gonna come get me, they were gonna come get my warrants, and um, you know, if they, they caught me, I was gonna be selling drugs, so I'd probably get another charge. And I moved down to Columbus, Ohio, and while I was in Columbus, you know, I was still just feeding my flesh, you know, trying, trying to fill that hole that we talked about earlier. And, um, yeah, I was just still selling drugs, you know, trying to fill it with women, trying to fill it with money, you know, popularity, anything I could. And it just didn't suffice, you know. And, you know, it hit me like a ton of bricks one day. I, I was leading people down the wrong path by selling them poison, you know. And I hit my knees, and I started praying to, you know, God. I didn't know what God was at that point, but I knew I needed help. And I called my mom and I asked her if she'd been praying for me. And she said, yeah, and I, I told her to quit it, you know, because that's, that, that's not what I wanted. You know, I really wanted to live for myself. But um, man, I, after that, I, I started asking people around me. I have one true friend in Columbus and I asked him, hey man, do you, do you believe in God? And he said, yeah, man, of course I believe in God. And um, you know, I kept on praying and the Lord really moved on my heart to, to go take care of the charges I had. And um, I moved back, I drove back up to New Philadelphia from Columbus, and um, I turned myself in, and I started reading the Bible, and I, I put myself in a room for a month and just read the Bible, and started to get this like large concept of God, and um, still wasn't sure about this Jesus guy yet, you know, just as uh, I kind of put my faith in a higher power, and um, uh, I remember the day I got out, I, I was praying my tail off that I would just get out, you know, that's all I really wanted was just to get out, and um, I got out and I hit my knees, I hit my knees as soon as those doors closed, and I thanked God. And um, I went to the lobby, and I went to the lobby to wait for my mom, and man, I, I you remember when I said God's good? God is just good. And um, while I was standing there, I've never been fearful of anything in my life. I swear I haven't. I've seen, you know, guns have been around me. You know, I, I've sold more drugs in a pharmacy, and it's just, nothing ever scared me. Been in fights, nothing. And that day, I remember I was scared. I, I was trembling. I was shaking. I had tears welling up in my eyes, and um, you know, a couple of good guys were there, and um, God put them there. You know, I seen this skinny guy laughing at me, you know, just smiling at me, looking like he wanted to give me a hug, and, and that was Pastor Rich. <laughs> uh, I seen um, an older guy with this big bushy beard, hey, bro, hey, bro, you know, and, <laughs> and that, was, that was the fuzz, man, and, um, you, know, you know, Thomas was there, this guy with gauges, Kale was there, and, um, they, they asked me, man, are you okay? And I said, I told them, I'm scared, man. I'm scared. And they said, do you have someone coming to get you? I said, my mom's coming to get me. And um, they said, do you have a good church to go to? <laughs> That's funny, because I didn't know they went to this church. And um, I was like, yeah, I think I have a good church to go to. And um, after that, you know, Fuzz told me the most wise words I've ever heard. He, he told me to stay in that book. And um, yeah, that, that has saved my life. Since that day, I have not missed a day of of being in God's word, and I've stayed sober, I swear I have, and um, so from that day, I waited till the next Sunday, and uh, I showed up here, and it was during the spring Bible conference, and 
uh, I don't know if it was Jeff or it was Mark said, if anyone was to come down to the altar and just get anything off their chest, then you, know, you have the ability to do that. And I came down and I asked God to change me. You know, I really did. And I walked back up this side right here. There's a few. And um, my old track coach grabbed me, the one I was, I was breaking records with. And, um, you know, he, he said, how you doing? We caught up. And, and he, he asked me if he could take me to breakfast. And I said, of course. And uh, if you know me, of course, I said, of course. And... <laughs> And he sat me down, and the first question he asked me, he's like, hey, man, are, are you saved? And I said, yeah, I'm saved for sure. I believe in God, and of course I'm saved. And then he told me something I never heard. He told me that I'm a sinner, you know, and that I was born with sin, and there's nothing I could do about that. And because I was a sinner, that I was separated from God because he's sinless. He, he's holy, and he's just, and, um, you know, I'm separated, I'm separated from him because of that. And, uh, but there was good news. You know, God sent his son, and... Um, he, he was 100% man, 100% God, and he died on the cross for our sins. And um, if I put my faith and my trust in him, that I, I could have eternal life and that I could have a relationship with him and I didn't have to live the way I was living anymore. And, um, you know, I, I've been selling drugs for the past five years, so, you know, I thought I had to pay something or I had to, you know, give someone something. And, you know, it was free. And that day, because God was, you know, graceful enough and merciful enough and, a man loved me enough to, to tell me the gospel and was obedient. I gave my life to Christ. I confessed with my mouth and I believed in my heart that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ was Lord. And I repented of my sins and I've not turned back since then. And um, yeah, it, it's been real good. <laughs>